Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome back to my business playbook. Today we are joined by Kate Lawrence of Kate Lawrence Interiors. Kate is an interior designer developer and is also studying building and construction in her spare time. She is an incredible designer and her and her husband have done a bunch of developments and renovations and I thought it would be incredible to have Kate on the show to talk about how she built her creative business from scratch and also how she changed her career and all of those fun things. So if you are in for an inspiring story of how one woman has followed her creative dreams and how she's actually navigated building her own business and learning how to build and run a business, then you're going to love this conversation. I'm going to dive right in to my wonderful and really inspiring and honest and raw conversation with the wonderful Kate Lawrence of Kate Lawrence Interiors. Let's do it. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and hearing more about how you have started your business. Tell us a little bit about your journey into interior design and how you've arrived here. Yeah, thank you, obviously, so much for having me. It's so nice to finally, like, meet and chat. Um, So I first left school and then went to uni and I did journalism um, and kind of worked a few years in the media industry. And it was during that time that my partner Luke and I started renovating and, um, yeah, I just loved it so much. I just kind of knew that that was probably more the right direction for me than where I was working at that point. But I decided that in order for me to leave full-time work, I really needed like something to just make me do it. And that was to go and actually study interior design, which I'm so happy I did because one, you meet so many like-minded people and it kind of gave me the confidence to, I guess, make it like a real thing, not just like this hobby that I was enjoying. So yeah, then I I left and the plan was always to work for myself. I knew that from day dot. I didn't want to work for somebody else. I always wanted to kind of do my own thing um, and have my own clients and build my own business, I guess. So yeah, after I finished uni, um, uh, like studying interior design, I then went out on my own and it's been a few years now and it's obviously like, like anything, like slow to start. Um, And then you kind of gain this motion and like you learn so many different things along the way. And yeah, but here I am. And I, yeah, I, I know that it was definitely the right thing for me. So I'm very glad I kind of went with my gut and did it. That's really funny because before I started my business, I studied, um, well, I started studying communication journalism as well and was like, I got six months in and was like, this is not, this is not for me. So it's really funny that you can start somewhere and then go, actually, I'm going to end up somewhere else. Mm. And it's in a, it's still creative, I think, in a sense, but it's almost like a using a different part of your brain or something like that. So it's really cool to hear that that's been your journey as well. Yeah, definitely. When you, when you studied, like I'm really interested in, because I know for me, when I started my business, I was like, great, I know how to do marketing. I know how to do social media. Mm-hmm. 
I have no idea how to charge. I have no idea how to do it, like run a business, any of these things. When you studied, did you learn any of that in the in in your study? Uh, like I think you touch on it, like you touch on like how much you should kind of charge. But that has honestly been like my biggest lesson of all and the biggest thing that I kind of go, oh, I wish I knew that earlier or I wish I'd talked to someone about it um, because yeah, I feel like you touched on it, but not enough. Like you didn't yeah. learn enough about charging people and kind of like setting up your business, not just like, hey, I'm here, I'm creative, I can do your house and this is what I'm proposing <laughs> and here's your drawings. Like the hardest part is like running a business, invoicing, billing people, like, you know, quoting yeah. people, charging accurately um, and particularly in a creative industry, I think you you question yourself and you question charging people certain amounts and you go, oh, but, you know, is that too much? Are they going to get this quote and go, oh, how ridiculous? And often people start working for free or they do jobs for friends for free or, you know, they they take on a job and they're, if you actually worked out the hours that they were working and how much they charged, they pretty much would have been working for free. So yeah. I feel like, no, you didn't learn enough about that and that is has 100% been, been my biggest kind of like lesson in the the journey of having my own business. And you're so right. I feel like the you can be proficient at the technical element of your job, yeah. interior design, and and then kind of go, okay, well, how do I get clients? How do I onboard those clients? How do I quote yeah. like accurately, especially for interior design where it's like, there are many varying factors of supply, all of these different things that you have to consider. What do you think has helped you the most in learning throughout your journey in regards to the actual running of the business? What do you think has been the kind of, was there a tipping point where you went, okay, cool, I, I feel like I've got this? Yeah, I think um, like anything, like, experience because you do these jobs and then you go okay that didn't work I need to update that like for example you know I might have done like a client job and I didn't say you know if you want these variations or if you want these extras that it's going to be you know this is what I would charge um like things that are so simple but I thought that like I'd sent this great package that kind of included everything but then you'll get that client that's willing to like push the boundaries a little bit and ask you to do, you know, a little bit more here and, oh, could you also do this? And um, I think like they're the lessons I've learned. So now I'm like, okay, if I get that client again, at least I've put now in my quote that if you wanted, you know, a, a mudroom design or an extra, I don't know, entertainment unit, for example, then like I kind of have that on like an extras page so I can refer back to that and go, yeah, no worries, like as per the quote, you can see here that I'm um, happy to do that, but here's the charges. If, if you're happy for me to proceed, then I'll get started on it straight away. Whereas previously I've just gone, no worries, like I'll do that, sure, and haven't charged them because I'm, oh, I don't yeah. think I, I think that's something I'm still learning, like valuing your time and your experience and, yeah, just realising it's not just a fun creative industry. It's like you actually have to make money to, you know, stay afloat and survive. Yeah. And do you feel like as well, people don't understand the time. So saying, oh, can I have just, can you just do the, yep. the plans for that mudroom? Mm. Do you think people just don't understand 
the time or the the expertise involved in something like that? Like how do you kind of educate your clients on, hey, like this is my unique process or this is how I do things and here's why? Like how do you kind of navigate that in a way that still feels like you're really looking after them and they they feel like, oh, my gosh, she's the best? Like is there a sweet spot with that? Yeah, I, I think that's like a large part of like – interior design or any kind of creative job for that matter and that's educating the client like I feel like (laughs) any creative job it's kind of educating them in obviously like a really lovely way but like because how are they to know like sometimes people just think it is really simple so it, it might just be as simple as being like absolutely that's not a problem that something like that would take me x amount of hours so if you're happy for me to do that I can allocate this time and just kind of making them aware that it's not just like a 10 minute thing that you have to do it takes time and like yeah I think yeah you just have to be a really good communicator and if you're communicating with people they will appreciate it um, rather than not communicating and maybe like charging them later and you haven't communicated it properly or just being bitter yourself because you've been working for free. So, yeah, I think communication is super important Um, and being confident enough in yourself that you can communicate it and just backing yourself that what you're doing is a legitimate job. (laughs) Yeah. And and how, like, because I'm just thinking, like, so many of our listeners, as I've told you already, like, they're creatives (laughs) and small business owners in this startup phase and I think – the the imposter syndrome thing is is really real of like oh my goodness what if people like I think that's very connected to the pricing thing it's very connected to the oh they want this adjustment or they want this change or they they want to kind of revise this but I haven't included that how do I navigate that and I think there's this if we're battling against I I'm not even worth Mm. what I'm charging or I'm not even I'm just happy to be here and stoked that someone (laughs) likes what I do you know (laughs) like that I feel like that's so many creatives we're like awesome someone wants to pay me for what I love doing and but sometimes that can mean that we undersell ourselves and we we don't have clear boundaries and we struggle to communicate confidently and I I still struggle with that sometimes of like I had something happen the other day where I left the conversation and was like, if there was a winner in that conversation, it was not me. (laughs) I I was just like, I've left with more on my plate. I've left feeling more stressed because I wasn't, I wasn't firm on my boundaries. And I think it is something that we all, you know, struggle with a bit or maybe not struggle, but maybe we all have to work through. Yeah. How long did it take you to come to the point where you were like, hey, I- I'm confident enough to communicate my value and not feel like, oh, my goodness, I feel so stressed about this? Has- was there a moment where that happened for you? Yeah, like I honestly think that moment probably only happened la- like last year um, and yeah. that was just ex- kind of getting to a point of almost feeling like a little bit burnt out because yeah, when people take, take, take from you and like my personality is like I like to give and I, I, but then you kind of, you do need to kind of protect yourself and like preserve your energy. So 
I think, yeah, I probably only last year. And it's funny that you touched on even like the imposter syndrome. I just think it's so common in our industry and no one talks about it. Well, some people are open to talk about it, but I feel like a lot of people like just, you know, yeah, I'm doing great. Like they don't want to kind of like let down their guard. Whereas I'm happy to be an open book and be like, absolutely. Like who doesn't have imposter syndrome at some point? I talk to other like people that I've met in the industry, friends and I look at their work and I go, wow, like that is amazing. How do they think of that idea? Or, oh gosh, I wouldn't have done that. Or I don't know, you just have your own doubts. And then I see them do it back to me and I'm like, wow, we're all the same. Like, I don't know. I think that's where social media plays a big part in that and why I think sometimes you almost need to disconnect from that a little bit, even though it's an amazing tool. It does kind of have you comparing yourself to others and thinking, oh, like they're doing so amazing and I'm not like I'm, I don't have consistent clients or I don't know you just put doubts in in your head and and I, I even like recently I had I've had like a lot of inquiries about um like working for me or interning and I just think gosh that's so funny I just must put off this like energy on Instagram that I've just like got this you know beautiful little studio somewhere and I'm killing it and I'm like no I'm just happy working for myself and <laughs> like you know what what you see online isn't always like so accurate or I don't know. I, and I think that's where imposter syndrome comes in because you're comparing yourself to others and the what you're comparing to might also not be an accurate representation of what's going on. Oh, that is that is such a good point and I haven't really thought about that before that, yeah, there's the comparison and we bring our own weird lens to that, right, like our own insecurities, our own kind of, oh, what are they doing? I, um, maybe I'm doing something weird or wrong or, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe they're, they're more creative or they're more successful. Yeah. But then the actual thing that we're comparing to may also not be completely accurate either or at the very least it's, hey, we put out, we're running businesses, so we have to project a level of confidence. We have- confidence, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so – one thing I love about your your like online presence and and the work that you do is that you can kind of even if I'm just scrolling through my feed, I can tell one of your posts because you have a really distinct style and you have a really distinct voice and your the look and feel is really distinct and it's like, oh cool, that's a that's a Kate Lawrence post, you know. So and I think in interiors and in creativity and anything in a creative industry where it's visual, Instagram is super important. Like I think it's, it's this kind of necessary evil at times. (laughs) What, (laughs) What do you think like starting out, did you have a strategy for Instagram or were you just like, I'm just going to post any type of project? How did you kind of start your Instagram? So I started my Instagram when, um, when Luke and I had, I think, like done a renovation because a lot of friends, like I would talk about it because I was so passionate about property and renovating and yeah, anything like property related. And so I was like, oh, I'll start an Instagram. Like Instagram was like a new thing. And I was like, I'll just post about the projects because so many of our friends asked me about it. Um, so I, I just started it that way and I did not think anything of it. I literally would just post when I had a picture that I could post our first renovation we didn't even take photos of like and that's when I think back and go oh it's almost sad because I literally was just doing that just for the sheer love of it not for the 
I'm going to put this online and see how many, you know, like see what the people think. It was just for ourselves and it was, yeah, that was really lovely. But anyway, the next project we did, I we got photos taken and, yeah, I started the Instagram that way and, and that's kind of how I've always kept it. I haven't, I don't have a strategy to it and maybe that is not a good thing, but I've just always posted what I what I love. Um, the, the images mostly are my own work. Um, so sometimes I do have quiet periods where I'm like, oh, maybe I should post more or I don't want to repost the same photos all the time. And you have that like internal monologue of what you should and shouldn't do. But yeah, pretty organic. Like I just post what I want to post. I I try right. You know, I, I like to kind of give people information um, that maybe some other designers don't want to disclose um, what products they've used because they like to keep it to themselves or their clients are paying for their service. Um, so yeah. they don't want, you know, anyone just to have that. So I can totally appreciate that. Um, but I think I've always loved the platform of Instagram because I could share information with people and that's what I know I feel passionate about and that's sharing information. Yeah. And so when you were starting out and building your portfolio, were there any projects that you were like, I've done it and like tick complete, but I don't necessarily want to share? Like, uh, were you strategic in, I want to attract more of this type of project, so I'm going to share more of that? Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like when I first started working for myself, I'd literally take on any work. Like, (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, no worries. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Like, yeah. There's so many jobs I would not have posted about because I'm like, well, that's not really putting out there what, you know, is my style. And I feel like I've only recently been posting things that are like true to myself, which was so like lovely to hear you say that you can kind of see my jobs and know they're my jobs. And Mm. a friend in the industry said that to me the other day. And that's not something I would have ever thought. So it's like nice. And I have to go, oh, okay, that's like a lovely thing to hear and actually like take it in and not just go oh they're just saying that um but yeah so I'm trying to just post projects that are my style because I feel like that's when clients will come to me who are meant for me and I don't want to be someone that just can only do one thing I feel like I can really adapt to different people and I can kind of get into their brain and try figure out what it is that they're wanting but I still want an element of we have a similar like I like to use minimal materials and colors because I think it creates a calming palette and that's my style and they might have different colors that they like but it's still the principles of it. it's like very minimal and, and and calming yeah and you definitely don't want to attract people who are like great I want to use you but I also <laughs> like oh. these are th- these styles that are completely not the vibe of what you're putting out yeah that's a hard one to kind of that's the hardest battle <laughs> How do you negotiate that? Do you kind of? Oh, I've even finding that like in more recent times where clients come to you and they show you photos of like, or you're designing something and they'll be like, oh, what about this? And they're literally kind of wanting you to almost like rip off something that's already been done. And I don't want to yeah. do that. Like you're like literally stripping me of all creativity and kind of ruining the job for me. <laughs> like, if you wanted to just copy that photo, you should have just literally copied that photo yourself like and not engaged me so I think that's the hardest part is with clients that come to you and they have this real like I want this and it's already been done and pretty well you're just there to figure out what the materials are and help me get it I I, that's hard and I think every interior designer that I know 
at some point comes up against those clients who probably aren't using you for your style, but maybe just because you're an interior designer and they're like, oh, that's what I need, an interior designer. Not, oh, I want Kate Lawrence because her style aligns with mine. Um, so that's the challenge yeah. of finding those clients. <laughs> totally. And I think that applies to business in general, right? Like we don't want to have to be like, I think getting to the point where people start approaching you and like going, Hey, like I I've seen your stuff. You've put out some really beautiful content. I want to engage you. That's like step one. Awesome. Yeah. Then it's like, then when you start getting people who are like, Oh, like I heard you do this. And and like, here's my idea and it's completely different <laughs> Different, and you kind of have to go, yeah, like I feel like I've realised in my process of like dealing with when people come to us and we work specifically with service providers and that's taken me a while to figure out, okay, I love working with creatives. I love working with people who deliver a really great service and helping them to attract their dream clients really through their marketing. But I think for a while I was like, well, I could work with this product business or I could work with this brick and mortar store and, you know, I could figure it out. But then it started to become like, A, I don't think it served those clients. I think they would have been better served with someone who specialized in exactly what they wanted. But B, it meant that I had to do way more work because my approach and my, you know, process was really targeted for and service providers. Yeah. Yeah, that is hard. It is hard because then you're, yeah, you're doing extra work to kind of like alter how you do things to suit them when if they had have just gone with like the right person in the first place, it probably yeah. would smooth the transaction. And I guess that communication thing really comes into play there because if you if you can say, hey, look, I love the vibe you're going for. Unfortunately, I reckon there's someone who's going to be a better fit and sending them, you know, I think sometimes we feel like every single person who inquires, we have to say yes to work with. Definitely. I've been through that. Like I've definitely been through that phase of, oh yeah, I'll say yes to you. But I spoke to another designer recently, we caught up and she said she has a really strong like process where, to get through, not to get through to her, but like to even her to consider working with them, kind of like almost like they have to fill out like a bit of a questionnaire and then like I suppose maybe share images of like their style or like the, what they're trying to achieve and she'll look through that and go, nope, definitely not for me. Or she'll yes. go, oh, okay, this person is right for me. And it might be about budget because that's another thing I've learned. If the per- the client that's coming to you is really bun- budget conscious then you're probably not the right person for them because having an interior designer is a luxury. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I feel like they're the sort of questions you almost need to have in place before you even think about taking on the client because you think at the time, oh, but I need the money, which is the challenge as well because you you want those jobs to kind of to get to be able to live. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you're almost setting yourself up for failure because then you take on these jobs that you don't want to do and then it almost burns you out and then you don't like what you're doing at the end of it, um, which I've yes. been there. And I feel kind <laughs> of where I am almost, not now, but like I definitely have those moments where I'm like, I don't even enjoy, like I'm not even enjoying this anymore, but it was me to blame. Like I can only blame myself because I've let those people in, I've not charged accordingly and I've allowed them to kind of like 
dictate, I suppose, the creative process, which is yeah. why you're employing me. So it's my fault. <laughs> and I think that I think that is actually quite empowering, isn't it? When it's like, actually, it's my responsibility, but also it's my business. So I get to choose who I do and don't work with. And I think um, I, I've started working with this coach. It's like this group coaching thing. And they call it like when to even get into the group coaching thing, they're like, it's kind of like um, American Idol, like, <laughs> and you have to audition to work with us. And and it's this thing of you kind of get on the call and you're like, I'm good. Like you like working with me. <laughs> Pick me. And so it it kind of, I feel like it flips the script a little and it's a bit, and without being, you know, a jerk, but it gives you this sense of, hey, we are, we specialize in this particular thing. Yeah. And we only work with a small amount of, of clients or that type of thing. I love the idea of having an onboarding questionnaire that gives you a sense of their vibe straight away because yeah. it's such a, vi- a vicious cycle because if you take on the projects that you don't want to do mm-hmm. and then you don't charge enough mm-hmm. and then you're drained by the work because it's not your sweet spot or not what you love, yeah. then you don't share the work anyway. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're like the money. And like I feel like when you're in a creative industry, it's not just solely about the money. It's about feeling creative and being like, this is what the work I did. I'm so proud of this. So you don't get that. And then you get clients from them because they've probably gone, oh, she did such an amazing job. I love my house. And then <laughs> when you keep getting the same clients that you're like, oh, And you're like, Nancy, stop sharing. Nancy, yes. I want your people. Yeah. So it's really hard. And, and I, get, I think it's so hard for people because um, when you are starting your own business, like it's a slow process to get clients. Like I think people – think that it just happens overnight, but it really doesn't. Like I feel like it took me three years to get consistent inquiries and, yeah, so that's like where you come unstuck because you're like, oh, but I've just I've got to take on some work. So mm. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I feel like, yeah, how do you, how do you battle through and find the clients for you when you're just starting out? Yeah, the good thing is that we've all been there and we've all done it of, of being like, oh, I took on this thing and it wasn't the right fit. But I think when you're starting out year one and year two, maybe it is this thing of, okay, well, we just chalk that up to experience and it's good to just, it's good to figure out your own style and to figure out your own, you know, the types of clients you want to work with. But then I feel like, you know, for anyone listening who is in that phase, it's totally okay to take on those projects and go, all right, well, that isn't my ideal, but for now, you know, we need to keep on moving and we need to, yeah, keep on working away at what our style is. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, from year three, year four, year five even, I feel like that's where you can really start to refine, okay, what types of projects do I really want to be doing? Can I increase my prices now? Can I start to really double down on one particular area or niche. And I feel like it's okay in the beginning to just kind of feel like a bit of a dog's breakfast, just doing whatever you can. But then I think it is important to to then in that business growth, then start to go, 
well, let's be intentional about who we want to attract as well. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think of that moment where you can then go, okay, which direction am I going? But before yeah. it, it's all experience and you learn so much from it. So, Oh, my goodness. Uh, there are so many things that I'm like, I could not have learned that <sighs> unless I'd gone through it. <laughs> and also, like, I had one, so I don't do furniture anymore. That's something that I just learned that. I just wanted to do um, designs and I and picking finishes because I just didn't have enough time to be able to do both. And yeah. there was something about the furniture process that I did I just didn't love. It's just not for me. So I decided I'm not doing that and I'm just going to consciously remind myself when I go to say yes to a job, just be like, no, you don't do that anymore, Kate. Um, yeah. But it was funny because when I did do the furniture process, uh, styling, that is when I met a client who taught me so much about my own sense of style. Like her and I had a very similar style and like she wouldn't even know it, but I feel like she really helped me kind of figure out my thing and like, and be comfortable that you don't have to have color. Like I always had this thing in my head of, oh, you don't do color. That means you're boring. You're not creative. You're not, yeah, you just like, are just not good enough because you clearly can't use color. And now when I worked with her, I was like, no, I don't have to use color and I'm okay with that. And she really, like, I feel like shaped me um, into like where I am now. So I'm glad I took on that furniture client back then. And isn't that amazing that people that you work with along the way can be like little gifts of like, oh, I learned this really cool thing or they gave me this confidence that I, I didn't realize. Or they also showed me that there were epic people who like, probably their circle of friends as well who would want to work with me because it's like it's cool when you can kind of see, oh, okay, I'm not out here on my own. There are people who kind of are like, great, I I love what you do. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, it's a really good thing to remember that provided, you know, there is a market for what you're doing there are people who will love what you're about. And I think it's finding those people and really trying to speak to those people. And that's what you do so well, Kate, like in your marketing, you don't see any color. It's like really, it's your style. And I think you speak to the person who will love that. The thing you're projecting is, oh, okay, cool. Kate, Kate is totally my vibe. So I think Anyone who's, yeah, feeling like, oh, crap, I I need to do this because this is what's on trend or this is what's stylish. It's like at the end of the day, often what you love is the thing that you're good at. (laughs) So you might as well just stick with that. And people will find you. They will. Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing for people in creative industry is like staying true to yourself because it's so easy and I've done this to look at what's on trend and go, okay, well, maybe I'll do that because that seems to be really popular with, you know, social media audiences. But then it's not worth it. I feel like just stay stay true to yourself and then those people will honestly find you. And it might take a little bit longer, but, um, yeah, they absolutely will. Like you're not the only person that likes that particular style, that someone else also loves that style. Um, yeah, we're yes. all different, but like there's so many people that are the same. You just have to kind of find them and connect with them. 100%. And even like I feel like my own personal style, mm. I felt I felt a bit boring because I was like, 
All I do is wear like linen and like (laughs) muted neutral colors. And then I started thinking about like, oh, you know, in our apartment, like what the heck? Like what is my, what even is my style? I have no idea. And so it's funny to think because, yeah, I kept seeing all these bright colors and I was like, that's not, it's actually, that's not my vibe. I I love it. Like I, I love it, but I'm like, it's not me. And it's a really funny thing to be like, I really do love that and I really appreciate it and I like looking at it, but I don't, it's not me. And so I think it's funny that people in in your audience like me would be going, no, I love that you do that and you make it not boring because I think sometimes I think, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm so minimal. There's nothing going on, you know. I know. You're like, well, that's what the battle I went through, the internal battle of, oh, you're just so boring and not, <laughs> no, whatever. Like I don't no colour artwork. Like this is texture. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, it's I think there's something really liberating about going, well, this is my style and this is what I, I like and it doesn't matter if it's all over Pinterest or trendy on Instagram. It's like I like it. (laughs) But it is hard, isn't it? Because I feel like with social media these days that people liking your posts or saving your posts or commenting, like make, like it validates you. I don't know. And then, so that is, that is a challenge because I even remember when we did our duplex build and when I started posting photos and I just remember like feeling like really flat. And I was like, why am I feeling like this? I've just completed a project that like, I don't know, a year ago, I never would have thought we we would ever do. And I should be proud, but I was like flat. And I think it's because I was like searching for like validation and thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to go viral. Or like, you just like put these ideas in your head of what you want and it doesn't happen. And then you're like flat or sad about it. And now I'm like, how ridiculous is that? Like, I need to just do things for myself and be like, no, you're really proud of yourself. You did awesome. Good job. Um, yes. And <laughs> like being like, oh, you know, I don't have enough likes or not enough shares. I don't know. It's just so, yeah. So I'm trying to even just teach myself to like, not, um, not just like live for people like reposting your photos or, um, yeah, which is, it's yeah. hard because yeah, I don't know. It's and hard. it's, it's a tough one too when it's your your livelihood and it's so it's like posting on Instagram is it, it gets you clients. <laughs> so it's this hard thing of how do you negotiate that? And on that, I actually wanted to ask you, as a creative, you're in a very male-dominated industry, like when you're working with builders and trades and but you're also creating new ideas and you're always trying to uh, not just follow trends and and do what other people are doing. How do you, A, like manage your deadlines and manage your time, Mm -hmm. but B, how do you kind of manage your creative energy so that you can still think and create and Mm -hmm. actually recharge? Yeah, I think that is um, is a hard one and I feel like you'll often have moments where you're like, wow, I have, I'm feeling like really like uh, flat or burnt out. Um, but sometimes I just, I don't know, you almost like need to step away from it for a little bit and then like come 
come back um and just even like talking to other creative people I feel like it's so nice and like realizing that other people are in the same boat as you and other people are tired and um yeah I feel like it's just like being connected to like-minded people like that personally for me gives me energy because I feel Mm. good being able to talk to other people about it and not just feel like solo because yeah I work for myself and I'm around a lot of males when I'm like doing our own developments and so it can be quite isolating at times um so I feel like yeah connecting with kind of like like like-minded people is it gives me like that kind of burst of energy again of like oh I do I love this space I yeah and then you like want to you want to create something new or do something different but um yeah I do think I personally have to be conscious of it because I am I love being around people and I'm not always around people because I'm working for myself or I'm on site yeah so yeah I think it's just yeah for me connecting with with like-minded people and kind of like reminding myself why I'm doing why I love what I do yeah oh I don't I totally feel like that I feel like uh my husband comes home from work and I'm like hello like (laughs) where have like I'm like yeah the people thing and I think it's interesting that as creatives we do need that we need time to process and chat and and or sit and do nothing or like go to a new place see something new like beautiful scenery like I think sometimes we think that's not productive but it really is it definitely is like even traveling like I find yeah we haven't been able to travel obviously and that was like a big thing for me I grew up with parents that like met in Israel and traveled like their whole lives and and then obviously like my partner we can only travel at a certain time of year because of his job but we always went away somewhere overseas and that to me just like brings new life to me like I love going to new different places so yeah. I definitely have had moments during this like COVID period of feeling like a bit like in a rut and lethargic. And I think that's because you need new experiences to feel creative. So, yes. um, yeah, I need to come to Newcastle for a, you know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Come. And and maybe you can look at our apartment and say, Laura, you're being boring. (laughs) (laughs) We need some more colour. And like, oh, gosh, I'm. Yeah. It actually makes me stress thinking about, and this is why I'm like, I think there is so, so much value in working with an interior designer. Cause it's like, I don't know, it may, it causes me stress, but I'm also as a creative, I'm like the way the space looks and feels is so important to me because I'm like, I want it to feel nice. And I like, yeah, often Nace will see me like, I'll be standing in the kitchen, just looking at like the white walls being like what do we do with this he's like you just need to sit down (laughs) white walls as well is like such a hard one for people I get so many questions about what color white should I paint my walls and I'm like wow that is like the biggest question I get (laughs) white paint (laughs) Uh, well this has been such a lovely chat and I really appreciate your raw authenticity and I know that our listeners will really appreciate it too where can people connect with you and follow you because I know that people will want to see your beautiful work oh thank you to be honest like social media like I feel like I write back to I try and write back to like everyone I feel like a lot of people message me about 
thinking about studying interior design, being nervous to like asking just about like how I did it because obviously I left and worked part-time to be able to do it or just like the industry in general. I will chat to anyone. I it For me, it's not even like they're just getting stuff from me. Like I'm getting things from them and I feel like it's just so nice to be connected to like-minded people and people going through the same yeah, the same thing. Like I reach out to other interior designers that I've now become friends with when I'm having a tough week and be like, oh, have you ever had a client like this? And they're like, yes, I have. And I'm like, oh, I feel better. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, reach out. I'm happy. I love a chat, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will pop a link to your Instagram and to your website in the show notes. So anyone who wants to chat with Kate, just head on over to her Instagram But thank you so much, Kate. It's been such a pleasure um, chatting with you and this has energised my little soul. So thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. It's been so lovely to chat. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. If you want to follow Kate, head on over to at Kate Lawrence Interiors on Instagram and you will find her there. You'll see her beautiful work as well, which I know you're going to love. As always, I hope that you feel inspired from today's conversation. If you loved it, please send me a DM, share it around on Instagram and be sure to tag Kate in that as well because I know she'll want to connect with you as well. Uh, But I hope that you have a wonderful week. We will see you back here, same time, same place. But in the meantime, my dear friend, I hope that you feel confident and I hope that you know that you are a badass. You are, you're really good at what you do. Go get it, my friend. I'll see you back here next week.